0: Financial advisor, Steve Peasley.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Talk. It's December 6, 2022. And we're well into December, six days into December, and we only have a few weeks left until Christmas, two and a half weeks, and then the new year will be upon us, and then we'll start 2023. Will 2023 be better than 2022 in the stock market? Well, it's hard to imagine it'd be worse because it has not been a very good year. But then, again, last year, 2021 was a very good year. It's the way it goes. I still think we, you know, it's going to be a tough to beginning of 2023, but I don't think it's going to end poorly for some reason. I don't. I think, it's, I think we'll have a decent year next year for the stock market. But you still have to take like a look at your portfolio. You still have to balance it, and you know, certainly hope you're, you're considering your taxes and tax loss selling right now, because this is the time to think about it. You got it until the end of the month, so I certainly would consider it, and we are considering for our for our account. So you need to do that too, as part of your yearly rebalancing. Okay, remember things change all the time. It's very dynamic in the stock market. And you still have your set goals, and you got to make sure those goals stay in place and you are you are invested to achieve them at some point. You know, you got to achieve them. RTPs, I'm here every day on this radio program and podcast to help you make the most of those goals and those strategies and choices you have to make. In fact, I look forward to helping you make those choices, and I know it's difficult. Making decisions is one of the hardest things to do in the stock market and sometimes those decisions is to do nothing and that could be the absolute hardest thing to do sometimes so you still got to do it though you still got to take a look at your portfolio this is a call and show we're open 24 hours a day seven days a week we are live right now four to five pacific time monday through friday the number is 888-99-CHART 888-992-4278 of course i got a lot of material to discuss with you my focus point today is the IRS is warning that the new rules for side income could increase audit risk what are they talking about they're talking about cash app venmo those types of apps they're going to be looking at them people that means you're going to be very you're going to, they're going to come after you so you got to be careful they want a 1099k file for all the money you get from those sources, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App. So that's going to be our talking point, main talking point, main uh, focus point today. Time permitting, i got several others. How about J.P. Morgan and their uh, talks about uh, Bessie Diamond, about the economy? And a lot of big banks had some comments to make that I'm going to share with you. The ISM service numbers came out. Remember I talked about uh, the ISM uh, 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 manufacturing sector was in recession or contraction mode under 50%. But what about the service sector, which is more important to us? That came out. Factory orders came out. Capital goods orders came out. We'll discuss that. And do you want? Do you know what the difference between qualified and non-qualified dividends are? Do you know what the difference is? It's all about taxes and tax treatment. So I'm gonna talk about that as well. But then again, you drive the show, not me. I don't drive it. You drive it. My trivia question today also will be about taxes and retirement years. It is it time to talk about those things? If you're gonna do something, you gotta do something before the end of the year. And I see we have some voice bank voice bank questions ready to play. Selling at a loss and taxes—all about taxes. Tech, biotech, corp. Going to talk about that. So I've got all this plan for this episode of the podcast, but of course we take live calls right now. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. So what did the market do today? It did not have a good day. The Dow is down three hundred fifty one points. The Nasdaq goes down two hundred twenty five points. And the S and P was down 58 points, so it was a down day. This has been kind of a a down period. Last week was kind of a down week. So week before it was up, but it's not it's not a great time for the market. Not right now. We'll see. Okay, let's go to uh, Paris in Little Rock, Arkansas. Hi, Paris. Oh, Dave, I've
2: got a kind of an investment thesis I was wanting to run past you. Sure. If we are still in a commodity bull market for like metals, yes. to me you've got you got companies like Vale, Freeport-McMoran, and all of those companies that their headwinds are geopolitical, uh, environmental issues, uh, third world party issues, and trying to explore the cost for exploration. Right. Does it not make sense then to look at maybe the recyclers where people bring you the product? That makes, uh, yeah, that doesn't make, uh, that, that
1: makes sense. Uh, remember the the costs, you, it's always a, a factor of cost, right? If the, if the recycled materials is cheaper than actual mine, the original materials, heck, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you always want to look at the cost of those recyclers, of the raw material coming into them, because they had to pay for it, you know. But... Um, uh you, you, you do we are in a bold commodity bull market even if you look at the commodities that you just mentioned or the stocks you just mentioned did they have a great year no but they had a lot better year than tech you know and they're still pretty a lot of them are still pretty very cheap when it comes to price earnings ratios and those kinds of things and that's even staring at a recession that's coming at us you know so yeah, I don't have any problem with that. I think that thesis of looking for recy- at recyclers is a sound thesis because of the, the political winds of you know clean energy and recycling. And I think that's going to stay with us for years and years and years. So I think it's a good thesis for the long haul. Paris, thanks for the call. Good one. We're headed into a break. Justin Klein and I are happy to play your recorded voice paint questions, but we love taking live calls. Our number never changes and it never closes. Investalk 888-99-CHART.
3: In today's environment, it can be difficult to evaluate and then adequately adjust for the hazards introduced by the various forces affecting the markets. So KPP Financial is preparing a special wealth webinar, Income Opportunities in a Rising Rate World. The webinar will be led by KPP principal and Talk host, Justin Klein. This free online wealth webinar will be presented live Thursday, December 15th, 2 p.m. Pacific time. Learn more and register now at
0: investtalk.com. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. The InvestTalk listener line is open. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
3: invest talk is here to help and when you download the free invest talk podcasts don't forget to rate and review the phone lines are open 888-99-CHART
1: 888-99-CHART we're going to go to gene in north carolina and wants to talk about buying bonds hi gene
2: hey steve thank you for taking my call Thank you. Uh, it's really a follow que- up uh, follow up question to something Justin spoke about. I think last week he spoke mm-hmm. about how your firm buys individual bonds for your yes. client by aggregating maybe the buys and sells as institutional investors through market access, something like that. I mean, yeah, get, that, that is correct. About. Yeah, we don't
1: buy you know one bond at a time for each client. We'll buy you know five million dollars worth of bond and. And, you know, as we then split it up between all our clients, and, yeah.
2: And by, by doing so, you're, you're able to get much better pricing on buys and sells than individuals or even better opportunity on what you can buy and sell. Is that correct?
1: That is correct because uh, they, you know, when you're buying $5 million, you get brokers calling you up trying to sell you that much at a time, that, you know. Instead of you buying, well, I'm going to buy 20000 Well, many times, you don't. Know, you get what's left over. You're the individual, yeah. You know, oh, I have I have them some, and some they're not all bad. I'm not saying that, but you don't get the choices. You just don't. They're not big enough.
2: Question is that, and because the more volume of the principle you have to invest in bonds buy or sell, is that the reason why that I saw on your um, your model pot- portfolios the, the the most conservative portfolio the initial investment amount is a lot more than the others is that because there's more likely you want to have the opportunity to, to invest in individual bonds in the most conservative portfolio
1: well uh, yes because the the bigger the aggregate the, the the bigger the aggregate we can buy the better more power we have more influence we have of you know getting a better better bond you know and it, and we're talking not huge percentages but enough to make a difference you know as far as we'll get an extra you know three or four basis points you know you multiply at times you know 20 30 different bonds in a portfolio and it kind of adds up so yeah that's why we do it appreciate the call good call gene thank you very much 888-99 sharp my focus point today concerns the irs warning that the new rules for side income could increase audit risk so the, the irs is threatening you for more with more taxes of course So, people who earn money through, like, side hustles, side businesses, you know, you have a full-time job but maybe, I don't know, you make knickknacks as a side and sell it online, and you get paid by Venmo, they're coming after you guys. They're coming after you. That's what they said they are going to do. They said you're going to increase your risk of an audit by having those Venmo accounts or Cash App accounts. So, just be aware you're supposed to file a form 1099K. Okay, ten ninety nine k is what you're supposed to file for that side income. So, eight 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 ninety nine chart. That's my talking point. J P Morgan uh, uh, and Goldman Sachs both spoke out on the economy The coming up this coming year. Spoke up saying uh, they think that the economy right now is in pretty good shape. It's in pretty good shape right now, but they don't see that continuing into 2023. They see it being the, the first part of 2023 being a tighter job market and uh, the cumulative effects of the the of the uh, <coughs> cumulative effects of the inflation numbers and Federal Reserve increasing prices is going to finally take a bite. But they say that at least at the by the first half of the year. Second half, they are kind of quiet, but I think they're both, uh, I think most people are thinking more upbeat on the second half of the year. I haven't seen a lot of articles yet. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it yet. And I think because a lot of them are not sure yet. You know, because we're not sure what the Fed's going to do. Let's squeeze in another question call if we can.
2: Hi, this is Joe from New Mexico. I've been listening to your show for a little while. I agree with you on the oil and gas as a good play. But I've never heard you talk about UNG or USO as a way to play it. I'm interested in getting in. Hear your thoughts on those two funds. Thank you.
1: Well, USO is United States Oil Fund. It's exchange-traded fund seeking performance corresponding to the spot price of oil. Then uh, the reason why you don't hear me talking about it is because that's not what I like to invest in. I like investing in corporations, big oil companies especially, that are looking for nat- natural gas and oil. Uh, not, not just speculating on the movement of the price of gas and oil. So that's USO. Uh, you also mentioned UNG, and that's probably, I think that's the natural gas ETF. Yeah, so natural gas, which is doing the same thing, speculating on actual price. I like to invest in the companies that actually produce the product. That's why you don't hear me talking about it very much. That's not, my, that's not something I'm that interested in. I like companies. I like companies that can pay dividends. I like companies that can grow their earnings. I like companies that can manage their their assets well. Those kinds of things is what I'm looking for. Speculating on, and speculating on price movement is very, very difficult. And that's something I choose to do. Okay that's why I don't talk about. It. You can ask Justin what he thinks about it. Justin, I thank you for your podcast support and our free downloads will continue. I want to make you aware of two other ways you can find material and unbiased guidance on Invest Talk. You have on @investtalk we we have YouTube channel and Instagram following. We're building out more content with platforms, so go to YouTube, Instagram, search Invest Talk. Remember there's two T's in Invest Talk when you search. And please tell your friends and family Phone lines are open. 888 99 chart.
3: The holiday season is here. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and they welcome your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk. 888
4: 99 chart. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Paulo from Germany. Today, I have a question on portfolio management. I started my portfolio in March 2020 and increased my positions aggressively. And, uh, of course, I was overweighting in the tech sector. I realized some gains, but not enough, though, and uh, reinvested into some of the stocks that started going down in 2021, then changed my strategy. Thanks also to listening to your podcast. And uh, my dividend portfolio, um, which now makes more than 60% of my overall portfolio. I'll try to split that a little bit to see how it develops. Yeah, this is a portfolio, the dividend portfolio is doing fairly well. And over the next years, I would do some tax loss harvesting with the bad performing Ponzi stocks but this takes a lot of time, of course. All that said, the question is basically, does this strategy make sense, or should I be maybe radical and sell everything and start from scratch? On the line, I'd still be making 10, 15% gains from my invested money, but technically I would end in a loss. That's basically my question. Thank you in advance, and um, (sighs) bye-bye.
1: No, you don't sell out your whole portfolio all at one time. It doesn't make sense. You know, remember that old saying: "Time in the market is much, much, much better than timing the market." You can't time the market, so staying in the market. And if you got about a sixty percent portfolio in dividend-paying stocks, that's how you make money: is the dividends, reinvesting the dividends over time. Even though the stock moves up and down, even it moves down sharply, many times you're still in a profit mode because your, your 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 dividends have constantly reinvested for you, and now you're buying with your dividends cheaper price stocks, as long as you have good solid dividend payers. Now, I I think you know there's a I, there's part of my everybody should do that. Part of my portfolio is higher risk. The majority of my portfolio is low risk because it's based on my risk. A tolerance in my age. The younger you are, the more risk you could take. But, you know, you, you remember you're developing a strategy. You developed a strategy. It sounds like it was a very high risk strategy when high risk stocks are performing, everybody follows the money and that's you get scott every so often. Uh now now your strategy is to follow the dividends or at least move to some of the dividend plays or sixty percent of your portfolio dividend. That's a different strategy, I would stick with that strategy. I think it's a sound long-term strategy. You know, yeah, you can still sell off to your losers, still do tax loss selling, you know, there's not, no no issues with that. That's what it's all about this time of the year is managing your tax losses and try to harvest them so that you can apply them against future gains. So no, it's nothing wrong with what you're doing, there really isn't. Okay. Okay, uh, side hustlers get who get paid via cash app, Venmo, and other type, those type uh, apps, PayPal, IRS is looking for you. You're going to have to be careful. So if you have a side business, you know, make sure you keep accurate records. Make sure you keep records of your costs and all those things. But you got, the IRS is looking for a 1099K. That's a tax form for when you get paid by Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and all those other things, all those other applications. They're going to be looking for you. The worst thing that can happen to you is you're going to get audited and you ought have to pay tax and penalty. That's probably the worst thing that can happen to you. But they say they're stepping up their their, uh, enforcement now during the you know during the covid period it used to be you can make up to $20,000 and through more than 200 transactions and didn't need to make a tax filing now it's $600 you make over $600 from these venmo whatever they're they're going to be looking at it so just be aware that you got to be very very careful do your proper tax planning you know make sure you have good records and Yeah, what can I tell you? The IRS is coming. IRS, IRS is always coming. Everybody, ever since I've been earning money, since what, 1970? Uh, IRS is always one step behind you. I've been audited several times. I never had to pay. Well, I'll take that back. I never had to pay a tax or penalty. I did have to pay uh, a tax and a penalty on a master limited partnership in which I was a a limited partner. And the Master Limited Partnership, the general partner, ripped us off, the limited partners. One of my first mistakes in investments. So it happens, IRS is no fun fun to deal with. No fun. They are a pain. It's trivia, so let's get to it. Benjamin Franklin once supposedly said that nothing is certain except death and taxes. But for the retirees in some parts of the U.S., his observation doesn't hold up at least with respect to income taxes at the state level. So as we go to break, break, here's my two-part trivia question. What are the nine states that have no income tax at all? And what are the three states that exempt certain forms of retirement income from taxations? I'll supply the answer after the break. My InvestTalk phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART.
5: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your invest talk questions on the 24/7 anytime listener line at 888-99 chart. 888
1: 4278 before the break I had a two-part trivia question. What are the nine states that have no income tax at all and what are the three states that exempt certain forms of retirement income from taxation? Okay? Now, as you decide where to settle for retirement years, keep in mind that finding pleasant weather and only part of the puzzle. You also need to manage expenses, and that includes not having expenses and taxes, or at least mitigate as much as you can. So here are the states with no, no income tax at all. Alaska, Florida, Nevada, New Hampshire, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, and Wyoming. The remaining 41 states in the United States do have income taxes. However, three of them exempt retirement income, including Social Security benefits and distributions from 401k plans on IRAs and pension plans. Okay, so they're not taxed. And those are Illinois, Mississippi, and Pennsylvania. There are a couple of other things to know. Though Mississippi will tax tax pension income for early retirement from ages 59 and a half, Pennsylvania pent taxes pensions income for residents who retire before age 60. So, you know, you got to be a little little specific there. Okay, so that's how the rules read. Let's pivot back to InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from Atlanta.
5: Good morning, Steve and Justin. This is Chris from Atlanta. I had a question about a stock called Tech, T-E-C-H, Biotechna Corporation, It looked interesting to me. I wanted to get your perspective on it. You know, uh, dividend 1.51%, earnings going up next year, high margins, good return on equity. Analysts seem to like it and it's showing that it's hovering around the 200-day moving average. My only real issue is I don't like getting into too credit of a trade. It shows like 98% institutional ownership on what I'm looking at. What do y'all think of this stock? I'm not a big fan of biotechnology. But it seems like it's more of a picks and shovels play on that area. Look forward to hearing the answer. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, when it comes to biotech, I you know, you look at earnings. As long as they have earnings, then we can analyze it much easier. If they don't have earnings, they're just a startup company. But this is not a startup company. It's called uh, Biotech Corporation, T-E-C-H is the symbol. Manufacturing sells biotechnology products and clinical diagnostic controls worldwide. $12.6 billion company. It makes money, has made money for years and years and years, and it's grown its earnings per share over those same years. $2.09 per share for 2023 and 2024, $2.47. And sales, sales have started to slow, 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 the growth of sales has started to slow. Most recent quarter, it grew 5%. Before that was 11, then 19, then 20%, and 40% You know, a year ago or two. So it's, sales have been slowing. The sales growth has been slowing. And it's not a cheap stock. It's going to make $2.47 next year, but it's an $80.67 stock. There's where my concern is it's kind of expensive you know uh the return of equity is very good so it's 20% and and you're right funds do own quite a bit of the company uh so it's more like 70 75% it looks like to me uh, they don't have a lot of debt i mean the company's well ran you know the management seems to be pretty good the numbers seem to be pretty good except it's expensive and that's what happens when you got a really good company that's well Ran now, it used to be $120 a stock, now it's 80. So it's come off, it got down to 70, now it's up at 80. Uh, it's getting weakening this week. I think you got to give it some time, just give it some time because it's still a little expensive. But it's a good company, very good company, nothing wrong with that at all. TECH, everybody, TECH okay ism services uh, institute supply management services sector we had the manufacturing sector last week and i think it was 47 percent anything below 50 percent indicates shrinkage or potential shrinkage in that sector so this is ism services and we this is more important to us here in the united states because we are more of a service uh, country than a manufacturing country the number came out 56.5 they expected it to be 53.7 and last month it was 54.4 so it went up pretty good pretty good strength that may be why JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs both said the country the economy is looking pretty strong now factory orders also rose rose 1% They expected it to rise 7 tenths. These are factory orders. They expected it to rise 7 tenths of 1%, and it rose 3 tenths of 1% the month before. So that's showing strength. And capital goods, these are higher price items that last more than three years. They're trying to get an idea of what are corporations spending money on upgrading their equipment. That also went up, 6 tenths of 1%. Last month, it shrinks, 7 tenths of 1%. So those are some basic numbers for last month, for November that are looking pretty pretty healthy. So kind of like that. Now, they also you know we also haven't seen the full effect of what the Fed's doing yet. It's coming. We're moving on to a, we're moving on a pretty steady pace here at Christmas. Christmas time is coming, and we're getting near the end of the year. We only got three and a half weeks left. That means you got to take a look got to take a look tax planning tax planning everybody you know of course the market will be changing next year won't be the same as this year first half of the next year probably going to be pretty tough we'll see about the second half but you know to you need to ensure your future and that means you need to look at your portfolio you don't need to have to make massive changes or anything but you still have to keep an eye on it you have to understand what you're doing how it's work, how it's operating is it Within the parameters of acceptability for your for your targets, you know, and if it's not, then you need you need maybe you need some help. And of course, that's what Justin and I, Klein and I could do for you at KPP Financial. That's where our company's in Orange County, California, between LA County and San Diego County. And you know, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, shared success here at KPP Financial. And how do we do that? Well, we try to we provide unbiased guidance. And we practice what we call parallel investing, buying the same things for you as we do ourselves. And I encourage you to take advantage of our free offer, free portfolio review assessment offer, via telephone, Skype, or go-to meetings. We can do it all across the country. I mean, you know, it's free, and don't you know? And everybody else would do it. All other registered investment advisors would do it too, but we won't try to push you. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to call you every day until you make a decision to buy something from us. You know, we don't operate that way. That's not how we do it. If you want some help, we will provide you some help. Just give us a call at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. And again, I think after speaking with us for 10, 15 minutes, you'll realize we are different. We are, you know, You'll know, begin to see how we operate with a little bit of difference. Because we, we we're we very laid back, and we, just, we really do want to help you. We just want to help you. And if we can help you by man, help managing some of your funds or all your funds, we'd be happy to do that. We want to do that. And that's why we do this show. One of the reasons, and, but we don't necessarily have to have that, but we do want to help you. So let us help you. Okay? This is Invest talk. We thank you for downloading and telling your friends and family members about our podcast. Next up, we'll play another call question. So hang on.
3: In today's environment, it can be difficult to evaluate and then adequately adjust for the hazards introduced by the various forces affecting the markets. So KPP Financial is preparing a special wealth webinar, Income Opportunities in a Rising Rate World. The webinar will be led by KPP principal and Talk host, Justin Klein. This free online wealth webinar will be presented live Thursday, December 15th, 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Learn more and register now at InvestTalk.com.
5: Hi, Stephen, Justin, Ali from Detroit calling. Just had a question about end of the year and how people sell stocks in order to write off taxes in the case that they're at a loss in a certain security. Could you explain a little bit about that and how much you're able to sell at a loss in order to write it off in an individual brokerage account? Thank you.
1: Certainly I can. So if you buy a stock, let's say you buy a stock for $30 a share and you buy $10,000 worth and it goes in half to $15 a share, you can then sell that stock. And if you bought $10,000 worth of that stock and you sold it for $5,000, so you lost $5,000, you get to apply that loss of $5,000 to Gains of any other asset that you may have sold and had a gain, you get to write off the. Whole, you get to write that down by five thousand dollars. You also can apply three thousand dollars of a tax loss to your ordinary income. So if you made a hundred thousand dollars in a year on your, you know, W two when you have uh, uh, tax loss selling, you lost money on some uh, stock. You can write off. $3,000, in other words, to pay tax on only $97,000 of that $100,000. Now, there's rules, though they're not complex. There's short term gains versus long term gains, and short term gains versus and losses against long term losses. You know, then what is short term, long term? One year. Oh, anything over a year, you know, any losses that you've owned a, comp- a stock and you have a loss that you had incurred and you had the company for over a year that's a long-term loss and you can apply that against long-term gains short-term losses against short-term gains okay so that's how you do it and only in taxable accounts not not IRAs not any of those other kinds of things so there are a few rules just talk to your talk to your tax guy you know he'll help you out with that but also that you got to be aware of the uh, there's rules as you can't sell a stock today, take the loss, and buy it back tomorrow. You got to wait 31 days. Okay, you got to wait 31 days before you can buy it back, or else you don't get the loss. Okay, there's a rule about that. So just talk to your tax guy; he'll help you with that. Okay, let's make it two in a row. And a best talk question here from Tennessee.
3: Hey, Stephen, Justin, this is Daniel in Tennessee, and I had a question for you about Ally Financial, ticker symbol is A-L-L-Y. I recently bought a stake in them, and I noticed uh, not long after I bought the stake that I think it was Morgan Stanley downgraded them. So I started doubting myself and was just curious to get your take on whether now was a good time to buy or if I should uh, change my mind <laughs> You know, everything looked good to me and, um, you know, just on the financial analysis, but just wanted to get your take on it as the experts. I'll listen for your answer on the show. Thank you.
1: Okay. This is Ally Financial, provider of automotive financing products for customers in the United States. Automotive financing. So this is a very cyclical stock. It's attached to the economic cycle, especially for automobile sales. And the reason why they would downgrade is because we're at the point of the economic cycle where automobile sales will probably start tailing off because the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates and trying to slow down the economy. Therefore, this kind of stock would suffer for that. And remember, everybody looks forward. So looking forward, this stock was sold off. Now, it was around $50 a share. Now, it's at $25 a share. Is it inexpensive? Well, they're going to make, let's put it this way. They made $8.22 a share last year. It's a $25 stock. This year, 2020, they're going to make $6.04, 27% lower. Next year, they're going to make $4.48, another 26% lower. So, the earnings are going down, and sales actually are, not, are holding up pretty good. They pay a nice dividend, 4.7, so if you held on to it, you can make probably continue to make that nice dividend. I don't know how durable it is, but they've always made money. It's not like they won't make money. They do. But it's all about the economic cycle, and you bought it probably at the wrong cycle uh, time because it probably will come down lower. It probably will. It's a matter of can you live through it, and it will come back. It's a $7.5 billion company. been around a long time. So you've got to pay attention to the economic cycle, everybody. It's the economic cycle and what stocks you're buying and what part of the economic cycle and what's coming up. Remember, we're all looking forward, all investors looking forward. We think the economic cycle is going to slow down, and obviously it has, and it's going to. So And therefore, we're selling off the stocks before that happens. So the numbers look good now but won't go good a year from now let's keep moving along there's three in a row that best talk question came in earlier Eight 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 ninety nine chart
4: good morning steve good morning justin i wonder if you could come in please on jp morgan equity premium income it's an etf jepi they apply call options and Things like that, and I'm not that familiar with those things, but they seem to bring in a higher dividend as a result of that by uh, not just buying the uh, stocks, but also doing other things other with them. So if you could comment on it and tell me what you think of uh, JEPI as a medium-term investment.
1: Thank you. Okay, Jay, uh, it's, a, it's an ETF, exchange-traded fund, JEPI, JP Morgan Equity Premium Income. Exchange-traded funds seeks to track the performance of the S&P 500 total return index. So it uses not only dividends, but options and other more exotic things to produce income. And last year, they, they had income 11.2%, which was pretty, pretty good. They had a good year last year. But I don't know what's inside it. I'm not sure how it performs. And there's no telling if that will continue to be the same performance. So... Um, I don't know about. Uh, for me, as too. Uh, I don't know enough about it, and it's too not transparent enough for me. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasling. We have one goal here, everybody: to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now. Eight 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 ninety nine chart.
3: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART.
5: Hi, this is Mimi from Philadelphia calling to say I love your show, listen to it every day. Thanks for all the great information. I wanted to call to get your opinion on Capital One Financial. It is a financial stock, and I was interested in purchasing something in the banking industry. So I'd like your thoughts on Capital One. Thank you.
1: Okay, Capital One Financial Group. Uh, it is a $36 billion company, very large, selling for $94.03 a share. Provides consumer and commercial lending credit card products and automobile financing. Again, a cyclical situation, right? The economic cycle. Uh, this stock was a high at 160 and it's fallen down to 94 now. Uh, it makes, it, it's made great money. Last year, 2020 made $27.63 a share. Year to this year, it's going to make $18 a share, down 32%. Next year, it's going to make $16 a share, another 14% fall. Even though sales are holding up pretty well, but again, you're buying a you know at the not not the best time of the economic cycle. So your question is: Is it done falling? Is it done falling? And I think it could be close. I mean, it's got some support in the eighty eighty-five dollar area. Uh, it pays a two point six percent dividend and has great cash flow of thirty-six. Thirty-eight dollars and six cents a share. Very good return equity twenty. So it's a very solid company, very solid company, and it's at a pretty low price. Question is: Is it at the right time in the cycle? You could buy maybe half a position here and see. But uh, you know, if we're going into a recession, I don't. You know, we haven't seen the results of that. The economy is still looking pretty healthy, but many experts are calling for next year, first part of next year, to be pretty tough. But at some point, these stocks are going to bounce. Because it's a very healthy company. So, I think it's a good choice of a company. I just don't know if this is the right time. Now, do you know what the difference between a qualified versus a non-qualified dividend is when you buy dividend stocks? You should know. You need to know. Qualified dividends, you pay taxes at the capital gains rate. Qualified dividends at the capital gains rate, whatever that is for you based on your income. Not income tax rate, capital gains rate. But that rate could be zero, could be 15%, could be 20%. Depends on what tax bracket you're in. Non-qualified dividends. Most dividends are ordinary or non-qualified dividends. Most of them are. They're taxed at your ordinary income rate. So whatever whatever your income tax rate is this is just added to your income tax and that's what it's taxed at as well. So when you're talking about dividends kind of have to separate qualified versus non-qualified you know but most dividends most are non-qualified dividends. In other words you're going to be taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. Now next week at least I'm pretty sure it's next week, isn't it? Or is it this week? I think it's later this week. The Fed's going to meet. No, not in the next, next week. I'll have to look that up. Anyway, they're going to meet within the next two weeks. And they're probably going to raise the rates. And most people think they're going to raise the rate about half a percent. Okay? That's what the odds are, about a half a percent. So, If that's true, that's already built in the stock market. Don't expect the market to rally because they lowered it from 0.75%, which they've been raising, you know, at that rate for what three or four times to now. They're only going to raise it, you know, 0.5%. Because remember, it's all about expectations. So everybody already expects it. Therefore, it's already built into the price of everything. And don't get excited about it. Now, if they raise it 0.75, the market's heading down sharply for that day. If they're going to raise it .25, are we getting close to the turning point, the pivot point everybody's expecting for the Fed to stop raising rates? That's really the question. So keep an eye on that. That's kind of important. It's always very important what the Fed does and what they say they're going to do. Okay? So after they make the announcement, whatever rate it is, listen to what Powell says. Okay? Okay? I'm TPS, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We have achieved more than 47.7 million downloads. I want to thank you very much for that. Please be sure to review and rate us if you download us at iTunes. Please, we'll be happy to answer a question right away if you do independent thinking share success this is Invest talk have a great night everybody
0: invest talk is a trademark of kpp financial because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security